Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Yesterday's faith may not be enough for tomorrow's test. God's expecting us as the journey progresses to believe more, to trust more, to rest more, to remember more. Remember his faithfulness in the past. Remember his hand of divine providence and kindness. There Abram was, and God was testing him again. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. When becoming a Christian, one is not instantly a great follower of Christ. Instead, it requires a lifetime of learning, experiencing, and practicing God's ways. Pastor Ed tells us that we see this in Abraham's life as well. He is to be one of the most faithful men, yet we see in his stories that it was not a title easily earned. He was consistently tested, each one seemingly more difficult than the last always having to revive and replicate his faith. We too must understand that through trials, God will be here for us. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. But Abram, there he was, put in this position, and he's being tempted by his own spouse. Listen, when God drops something in your heart, don't move from it. If you know it's God, judge the counsel that you hear. Now, I'm sure, Sarah, she had perhaps a sacrificial motive. Society approved it. Sarah approved it. But I never see them bowing their knees and saying, God, is this your will? Is this what you want me to do? God, give me direction. They never do that. I noticed that uh, it's Hagar. Where did they pick up Hagar? Down in Egypt. Years ago when Abram's faith went south, he went to Egypt and he came away with maidservants from Egypt. Hagar was probably one of those servants he came away with. Had not he had that lapse of faith years before, Hagar wouldn't have been there in the household and that temptation perhaps wouldn't have been there. Be very careful. Not to go out into the world. Not to take those lapses of faith. Because you never know what you pick up. You never know what future temptations might come your way. Because you're scanning the internet and you're looking at those porn sites. Or you're associating with people that somehow are going to weaken your faith and some concepts and thoughts are planted in your heart that later on you lean on. Or some relationships that you establish that somehow weaken that relationship to God. There Abram is. And he had an old temptation, as it were, it comes back to sort of take matters into his own hand just as he did years ago when he went down to Egypt and wouldn't trust God in the famine. And now the temptation comes right through Sarah, his own wife. Uh, Be careful. 
The enemy will use whoever he can to get us to try to do God's will our way, to try to get us to somehow help God out. It's really difficult at times, but we can convince ourselves if we want something strong enough, this is God's way of helping us. We're, we're just using that verse in Scripture that God helps those who help themselves. What chapter and verse is that? It's not in the Bible. At least not in mine. <laughs> but I want you to see something else. Not only do you see here the request, but you can see the results of this scheme. The results. In Genesis 16:4, he slept with Hagar and she conceived and she knew she was pregnant. She began to despise her mistress. All of a sudden, you begin to see the wreckage wreaked in this home because of disobedience to God. Because of trying to do things in a worldly fashion. Trying to do things in their own way. Here suddenly now, Hagar is, and she becomes proud in her heart. And it comes out through her expressions. She's haughty. She begins to look down on Sarah. Hmm, Sarah, she's childless. I have a child. She is uh, maybe she really doesn't have the favor of God on her. Uh, look what God has done for me. And suddenly her heart is lifted up. Now the mature woman that Sarah is, she handles everything with grace. Because we know all mature believers handle things that way. Am I right? Will you allow me to stereotype just for a moment? Allow me to stereotype. I want you just to, I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. Here's what happens. So Abram slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarah with contempt. Sarah said to Abram, it's all your fault. Now this servant of mine is pregnant, and she despises me. Though I myself gave her the privilege of sleeping with you, the Lord will make you pay for doing this to me, Abram. Ah, typical woman. It's all your fault, honey. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. I'll get to the men. <laughs> but isn't that the way it is sometimes? Suddenly, we don't realize how we've contributed to it. Our eyes are blind to what we have contributed to the problem in life. And there Sarah is, she's blaming her husband. And she forgot it was her idea to begin with. Now, I'm not going to let Abram off the hook. Uh, look at Abram. Now, typical man, okay? Abram replied, since she is your servant, you can deal with her however you see fit. Shirking responsibility. I didn't... <laughs> I don't know how this message is going. <laughs> Oftentimes, when we begin to do things in our own strength, when we begin to do things our way, it creates all of these complications and this big mess. Here is all of this mess in this household, this conflict that's going on, this bitterness. All of these conflicts are just reeking through that whole household because they attempted to do God's will their way. 
And that's the way it often is. Whenever we attempt to do God's will our way, we make an absolute mess of things. We ought to learn to leave things in God's hands, to trust God with everything. Proverbs 19.3 reads, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they are angry at the Lord. Isn't that true? God, why did you allow this? Hello? Most of our problems are not traced upon our dial by the son of love, though there are some that are. Most of them come because we have made decisions that have brought problems on our personal lives. And then we go to God and we complain and we say, God, why? Or we look at our spouse and say, oh, look what you did to me. Or we say, hands off, all right, all right. I want you to see something else. There's always good news when it comes to God dealing with his beloved people. There's the patient interventions of God in behalf of those who pursue the promise. Guess what? When God called you, he knew you had feet of clay. He knew you were frail. He knew you were imperfect. He knew you would falter along the way. And here God is in his great graciousness. Again, I'm reading this morning from the New Living Translation. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a desert spring along the road to Shur. Verse 8, the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, she replied. No, she doesn't know where she's going. Then the angel of the Lord said, return to your mistress, submit to her authority. The angel added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. The angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael. That means the Lord hears, for the Lord has heard about your misery. An unexpected intervention. God cares about people, whether you are Jewish or whether you are Gentile, whether you're a person of the covenant or you're outside the covenant. Here Hagar is, and she's been mistreated. Now, It's partly her fault, but nevertheless, she's being mistreated. And God takes the time out to go and minister to her, send an angel to speak to her. Sometimes when you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you wonder, oh, God, look at my circumstances and situation. Know that the Lord knows about your pain. He knows about your misery. That's what she said. The Lord knows about my misery. Well, God said, I know about your misery. God understands right where you are. That pain that you feel aching down deep inside. That loneliness at times that you feel aching deep inside. That sense of failure that sometimes you feel creeping in inside of you. All of those feelings that sometimes others cannot see. God sees. He knows. There was an unexpected intervention. See, God's not only concerned about the main characters. He's concerned about the supporting cast as well. Abram, Sarah, they're on the main stage. 
They're the main story in the plot, but God's concerned about a Hagar. No one, absolutely no one, is written off of God's interest and concern. No one may know you in this church. This may be, maybe you're trying to hide in the church. You've come from a difficult situation and you're in pain and you're suffering and you're going through things and and you're just saying, listen, I I just want to, God knows and he cares and he sees. Now God gave an incredible instruction An unexpected instruction. Uh, Look at verse 9. Then the angel of the Lord said, Return to your mistress and to submit to her authority. Whoa. Go back into that? Listen. The Lord sent Hagar back to this tension situation, but he sent her back with a message of hope. God put hope in her heart. Your home situation may not be everything you want it to be. Your circumstances in life may not be everything you want it to be. Your job situation, whatever it may be. But know that God may not release you from that. God may keep you in that circumstance, keep you in that situation, hold you right there. But he is going to give you hope in your heart that he is with you, that he hears, that he knows, that he cares, that he's walking beside you, and you're not alone in the midst of it. See, she would name her son, or her son would be named God Hears, and it would be a reminder to her that God hears, that God sees, that God knows, and that he never allows us merely to go through life by ourselves alone. No, he walks with us through those trials and through those difficulties and through those testings because he is a faithful God who keeps every one of his promises. Hallelujah. Uh, The years ahead would also have some collisions. It was only for a time because one day she'd be out. But God was doing something in her. As I was thinking of this text, I was thinking of a conversation between Tom Sheradnik and myself. He was in a very difficult situation, and he felt like running from it. And God said to Tom, no. And Tom said, okay. And as he stayed in that situation, God did a work of grace in his life. He told me, He developed, he changed. God did so many things inside of him internally. And I think God was doing something in Abram's life. And God was trying to do something in Sarah's life. And God was trying to do something in Hagar's life. And God was doing something in that young boy Ishmael's life. See, God is interested in us in developing who we are. You know, I wonder if the most influential church in the Hudson Valley, might not have been Kingston Assembly. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, I just think about how Steve Piper influenced me. Sitting in my office, we were talking about uh, the church in Kingston, talking about some of the struggles, and I remember going off the next week to seminary and telling the classmates how I was deeply touched by this man's tenacity, by his willingness to persevere in spite of the visible 
results. And whenever I would think of Steve, I thought of somebody like a faithful sentry, just doing what he was called to do and willingly plowing. And I wonder how many other pastors, how many other people were impacted by his life. In the funeral service, Brother Ray Sullivan, at the end, had a different type of altar call, an altar call for preachers. Yes, we need it. But he, he asked all of those preachers who would rededicate their life to Jesus Christ to stand. And I wanted to be one of those first ones to stand because I thought about Steve's life. I thought about his faithfulness. Who knows the influence? Who could really understand all of the impact that an obedient life has to God? Well, there's some practical lessons that I'd like to just wrap up the message with as we come to near a conclusion. The practical lessons for those pursuing the promise One of the practical lessons is this. Our faith must increase to meet tomorrow's challenges. Our faith must increase to meet tomorrow's challenges. Now, here Abram was. He has this encounter with God. It's incredible. God gives him this covenant promise. God tells him he's going to be with him. God commits himself to it. You would think that Abraham would never doubt after that. You would think this great man of faith would just ride the crest of the waves all the days of his life. But as the years passed, it required more and more and more faith. Yesterday's faith may not be enough for tomorrow's test. God's expecting us As the journey progresses to believe more, to trust more, to rest more, to remember more. Remember his faithfulness in the past. Remember his hand of divine providence and kindness. There Abram was. And God was testing him again. Now, the greatest test still lay ahead. He would be called to one day place his son Isaac on that altar. He'd have to have more faith then than when he started off in chapter 12, hearing the call to leave the Earl of Chaldeas into the promised land. He'd have to have more faith there. And I wonder, wonder about you, wonder about me. What test lay ahead for us? What test lay ahead for your faith? Yeah, you you believed the Lord. You came to these altars or some altars and received Christ. And the journey has gone on for years. But will God ask you to believe in spite of everything outwardly that might challenge that belief? Abram said, I know God has promised me. Now, we live for a promise. We live for that promise of salvation. And that promise of salvation, as we've talked, is is never fully realized in this world. It's realized in the world to come because we've been promised full sanctification. We've been promised full glorification. We've been promised all sorts of things. Our bodies would never be sick. And we know in this present world that that's not our portion. That's not the way it works. 
And again and again that faith is tested, but yet we hold and we build on that promise of God, that promise that he will be faithful. Well, one last thing I want to say. All truth is not discovered in one day. I don't know that Sarah and Abram knew all that how God was going to do and all that he was going to do, but in chapter 17, he's almost as it seems like, well, at least Sarah is. In chapter 17, God says, I'm going to give you a child. Uh, Ishmael's not going to be the son. He's, oh, God, God, can't Ishmael be the son? He wants Ishmael to be the son, but it's not going to turn out that way. And he has this fuller revelation of what it's going to be. God doesn't unfold your whole history the day you get saved. God doesn't say the day you come to an altar, let me share with you, here's the map of today, tomorrow, and the future. Often it's step by step, day by day. Sometimes he puts dreams inside of our heart and we see them come to pass. Sometimes those dreams die with us, but maybe they're birthed in the hearts of others. Uh, Abram didn't see all the promises come to pass in his time, uh, but we're watching them. We're seeing them. We know that God is true to his word. I was talking to Pastor Craig, and as we had a conversation, we were talking about a missionary who went, uh, I believe it was up in the area of Russia, and as this missionary went from New York State, they really had sold everything they had, believing that God had called them to this area. It was an island, and as they went on to this island, in six months, his wife died. He buried her on this rocky island and had to make a mound of dirt because the rock was so strong and, and, and you couldn't bury, bury someone. And so they made this mound of dirt, and then they took a cross and they sort of soaked that cross in whale oil, put it there. He stayed a while longer, but then he left. He left rather discouraged, wondering what was accomplished, whatever happened. Well, years later, people went back to see what happened, and they wanted to find out if there were Christians in that community, And there they found a thriving Christian community. And they sort of used that cross as a marker because everyone who was buried in that Christian community, they sort of lined up right with that cross. And there were many followers of Jesus Christ there. Don't measure your life by what you see. Don't measure your days Merely by looking at outward circumstances. God is the only one who can evaluate your life. And God evaluates it on the basis of obedient faith. You may find yourself in a very difficult circumstance and situation. You may find yourself wondering, God, what in the world is accomplishing? But know this. That if in faithful obedience you are doing the will of God, God will take care of 
all of the dreams and fulfilling all of the promise that's in your life and all of the plans for your days. Thank you, Pastor Ed, for bringing us that great teaching from the life of Abraham. We have so much more to learn from the man who lived such an incredible life of faith and yet still messed up sometimes, trying to make God's promises come true on his own. When we're in that space of waiting for God to come through and fulfill his promises, it's so easy to take our eyes off him and try to make things happen with our own efforts. We hope today's message encouraged you to keep your eyes fixed on God today and commit to waiting for him to do things in his timing. Doing life in community with other believers encourages us and strengthens us as we wait on Jesus. Do you have a church home? If you're in or around Poughkeepsie, New York, you're invited to join us at Faith Assembly. We'd love to be the people who come around you to encourage you in this life. We have services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. filled with biblical teaching from Pastor Ed and worshiping God together. You'll find directions and more information when you visit our website, buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on the Back to Home page tab. If you aren't in the area but would still like to listen to more of Pastor Ed's teachings, check out buildinginfaithradio.com as well. There you can find a wide variety of archived messages from Pastor Ed. We've enjoyed our time together with you today, and we hope you'll tune in next time for Building in Faith. Your word restores.